This is Diapers and Disciples, episode 111. On Diapers and Disciples, we're talking about living out the Great Commission as a family. I'm Amber O'Hearn, and today's episode I actually recorded back in early November, I think. So thank you for your patience. I loved this chat with Kelly Guest, who is the author of Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness. She actually researched dozens of mom saints for this project, so I just love chatting with her about some of those. For some reason, when I thought of St. Moms before reading the book, only three or four came to mind, like the Blessed Mother, St. Gianna, St. Monica, maybe a couple others. But there are not a lot of St. Mom biographies out there. So when I heard about this book, I was so excited to read it and talk with Kelly about her research. I also asked her some for some um, potential patrons that she can recommend for common mom struggles. So whether you are in a tough marriage or you have tons of little people always calling you <laughs> or you're always yelling, we've got a new saint for you to learn about and love and to ask for her intercession. Lastly, if you listened to the last episode, you know I no longer am on social media. So if you love this episode, would you be so kind as to share it and tag Kelly in your post? I'd love to get the word about the word out about her lovely book for Catholic moms. Um, I've listed Kelly's social media links in the show notes of this episode, and you can find those at diapersanddisciples.com slash 111. Lastly, uh, congrats to Annie R., the winner of the giveaway from that last episode I recorded way back when. <laughs> and thank you all so much for your kind emails. You all are just so kind and generous and um, lovely. Um, I read them all, but I haven't had a chance to respond to um, to them yet. So thank you. I'm so blessed by all of your kindness and encouragement. So without further ado, here is my chat with Kelly. You uh, were kind enough to send me, or the publisher, I suppose, our Sunday visitor, that your book, Saintly Moms, 25 Stories of Holiness. And I have just really loved it. When you emailed me I was um, excited and also kind of surprised because I feel like there are not very many books about um, St. Moms. <laughs> and I know the only other one I could think of was um, Mothers of the Saints by, are you familiar with that one? It's by yes. uh, Wendy Layfield. Okay. Yes. So that's the only other one that kind of like collects stories of um motherly saints. So when you, that I know of, um, but I did see you have some others listed in your sources in the back. So I'll have to check those out as well. But I was so excited when you said you were going to have this, this book come out and I've really enjoyed reading it. Um, and I know in our email conversation back and forth, you said that you, uh, researched quite a few, um, more than, you know, the 25 saints that are featured in the book, but I'd love to hear, um, how you kind of narrowed it down, which ones you were going to include, and kind of what this process has been like for you. So I originally proposed to our Sunday visitor um, 45 mom saints, and wow. they had asked me to narrow it down to 25, which was very difficult. Um, yeah. But there were a few that I didn't have a whole lot of information on. So there's um, um, a Saint Natalie um, who was a martyr, in Spain by the Moors, when there was a takeover by the Moors of Spain. Um, there's a St. Maria de Chajou, I think is how you say it. She She's a martyr from the Boxer Rebellion, a mother of one of the priests who also was martyred. They, these are women, though, that I, I didn't have a lot of information on. So mm -hmm. they were kind of easy. I took them out, a couple of moms like that, that I felt like, well, I probably would not be able to 
give enough information. Um, uh, and then there, there were just some really wonderful saints that I, I, I didn't include. And I, to tell you the truth, the, the reason why they're not in the book is because I got down to about 32. So that meant I needed seven more and I could not decide. So I remember going around to the house and just asking the kids and my husband, like, give me a number one to 32. <laughs> Wow, and so like good saints like um Saint Bridget of Sweden and Saint Margaret of Scotland and Saint Elizabeth of Portugal, they they all got kind of knocked out. And my husband, he's like number seven. I was like, no, 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 that's Saint Helen. We can't take out Saint Helen. She's the mother of the emperor. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so um, that's basically how it, it happened. And in all honesty, Saint Helen originally was not in the book that I, the manuscript that I handed in to our Sunday visitor. I had some Old Testament moms, so um, mm. and I think there was three altogether. I originally had five. I took out two. I left in three, but we decided to take out the Old Testament mothers, um, my editor and I. And so Saint Helen got to be put back in. Saint Elizabeth got put back in, and a Saint Geneva, um, a, a new saint, she was put back in. So yes, and and I should mention I forgot to mention, but you also include um, some blesseds and venerables as well. And then I was going to ask you because um, is it Eliza Vaughn or Eliza yes. Vaughn? Eliza. Yeah. So is she is is she on the path to sainthood? Or? Her cause has been open, and I actually okay. um, promoted her to saint. It was thank goodness, um, you know. <laughs> One of the fact checkers at our study visitors like, is she really a saint? I can't find anything. So then I'm doing all this research. It's like, oh, gosh, <laughs> I, I bypassed all the steps of the church. <laughs> so we had to fix oh, that. Funny. <laughs> so. Well, I'm glad you included her. I think I think her story is oh, great. They were all really wonderful and quite a few that I've never heard of. So that was really exciting. Maybe there's enough material now for you to do a a follow-up that would be great to do a second book but (laughs) that would be great yeah well um I thought it'd be fun since you did so much research on all these saintly moms I was kind of thinking about uh just some of the emails that I've received or questions that people have kind of uh wanted uh discussed on the podcast in the past and so it kind of came up with a few things uh that I thought would be fun to kind of go through and you could tell us if there's maybe a, like a, a saint who would, might be a nice patron for someone who's in this position. Um, so the first one I want to ask you about is a saint for a mom who feels like she might be in the wrong vocation. <laughs> so, um, you know, you had told us your story a little bit earlier and I, I imagine that some moms are in a situation where they're married and, they're wondering, maybe I should have been a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, they enjoyed going to daily mass and, you know, holy hour and just really being soaked in prayer. And maybe now in their family life, it doesn't quite look like that. <laughs> and so I imagine like doubts could come, like maybe this isn't the life that I was called to. Right. So do you have a saint for Absolutely. someone who might be in that and, position? And, and, and let me say to those mothers, uh, there are still days where I think, oh my gosh, I left the convent for this. <laughs> I was in the comment praying, Lord, just show me what you want me to do. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I think if he would have showed me that I would have nine children, you know, and marry a nine Catholic man and all that goes on in my daily life, I think, oh, gosh, no, I'll just stay right here. But thank you. (laughs) 
<laughs> so God gives oh. us sometimes the grace just to take the next step. And and I think oh, yeah. Louise de Merlec is is perfect for a mom who's feeling I'm not in the right vocation because she had those exact feelings. Um, St. Louise had actually a child, Michael, who was special needs, and he was her only child. And her husband, Anthony, became very sick and um, pretty much was bedridden for three years, more than three years. Um, And I, I think that she was experiencing a dark night of the soul. She really Mm -hmm. did not feel um, um, God's consolation. And she took that to mean that she was not in the right vocation because before she married, she had a desire to be a sister or a nun. She actually went to a convent um, and asked for admittance, but was denied because of her poor health. And so um, when her father died, her uncle had custody of her and arranged the marriage with Anthony. And when all this stuff started going wrong and God, when she needed him most, felt like he had withdrawn from her, she thought that maybe it was because she wasn't doing God's will and that she should have persisted more in that um, desire to be a sister and maybe had, uh, you know, let her uncle know about that desire. And Mm -hmm. so she was praying during mass on one Pentecost and St. Francis de Sales actually was the celebrant and gave a homily um, that moved her. And Mm -hmm. after communion, God sent this great grace to her where she had peace in her vocation she knew that she was where she was supposed to be, but God also revealed to her that one day he would allow for her to have that desire of religious life, that she would profess vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience in mm-hmm. time, but now was not that time. And so she went home and continued to tend to her sick husband for three more years. She homeschooled her special needs son who... um because of his special needs, would not be able to go to a, a boarding school like many children of the wealthy did at that time. So uh, she continued on with that. Um, when her husband died, the, their financial situation was so that she would have to move. And she turns out that she moves next to um, a church where uh, St. Vincent de Paul is the pastor. (laughs) And so, um, and she recognized him right away. God had um, revealed the face of the priest um, who would aid her in her quest to be a sister in time. So as her son grew up and got married, she was able to devote more time to serving the poor with St. Vincent de Paul. And that grew into, of course, um, a whole new religious order. So um, she did in the end get both vocations but she did understand and God did give her the grace that um, you are to be a mom right now. You mm-hmm. are to be a wife and you will fulfill those vows that you made. And so mm-hmm. I think she's a great um, patron for women when those moments arise where you think, I really would just love to be a sister and just spend time in prayer with you, Lord. And yet mm-hmm. I can't right now. So Yeah. I love that. That's wonderful. Um, I feel like St. Francis de Sales has just, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I can think of at least two now. I think they're both mentioned in your book where um, two other female saints who had concerns about, you know, am I in the 
right vocation or he offered them encouragement in their vocation, whether that was through letters or, um, or other things. Does that, does that ring a bell to you? Yes. So St. James Francis de Chantel is the other saint that um, Francis de Sales had a big influence on. Yes. That's wonderful. Great. And um, okay. So the next one is a saint for the mom who maybe is just swarmed with many little ones all in a row, (laughs) has a lot of kids and just feels constant exhaustion, just trying to keep up with life. (laughs) Well, you, you mentioned Eliza Vaughn. Um, She actually, her maiden name is Rolls. So she's of what would become the famous Rolls Royce family. Um, But she, um, she had 14 children and 13 survive, um, infancy so she had she she grew up with 13 children swarming her um and and, um i don't know that she ever i mean like she never expresses feeling exhaustion but i can't imagine that she did she didn't (laughs) Um, she homeschooled her children somehow she was able to go to mass every day with them (laughs) i don't i cannot even imagine that (laughs) no um and 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 she taught them religion and art and music, and she took them along on acts of charity. Uh, so wow. I suppose that that morning mass, and she also made holy hour every day. Somehow wow. she got the graces so to to carry on every day with all those children swarming her. But yeah. I do know Venerable Margaret Bosco definitely felt that exhaustion. Mm. Um, she she married. Um, had a stepson, and then God blessed her with two more sons. So she had three sons that she um, raised pretty much on her own, own because her husband died not long after John Bosco, um, who mm-hmm. would become St. John Bosco, Don Bosco, um, right. after he was born. So when he was still young, his father died. So she raised these three um, boys on her own for the most part, worked hard. And so here she is at a time in her life where she can enjoy the fruits of, of grandmom because the two boys gave her grandchildren and um, John Bosco becomes a priest. But um, mm. as a priest, he starts taking in boys who are orphaned or just the parents support that they cannot take care of the child. And so he starts this oratory and he recognizes that what's missing is the motherly touch. And so he asked his mom mm-hmm. to become like a foster mom and go with him from the country into the city and live with him at this oratory with all these boys. And so she does. Wow. I mean, she, yes. she leaves and goes and helps him with these orphaned and poor boys. And she gets exhausted. And she goes to him and says, I have done all I can. I've spent myself for these boys, but I'm tired and I want to go back home to the country. And so John just is listening to her patiently. And when she finishes, he just turns his head and looks up on the wall and she follows his gaze. He's looking at the crucifix and tears Mm -hmm. just come down her eyes. And she said, okay, I will continue to carry my cross. And so she stays with him really until God calls her home. So uh, she would be a great one to go to when you're feeling exhausted and just can't do it anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. She would be a great saint. She, she's a venerable, but she'd be a great one to call on, to ask for the graces to continue even in our exhaustion. Oh, I love that. Um, the next one I wanted to ask you about is a saint for a mom who's struggling with depression. 
And this is something that is dear to me as well. I've struggled with postpartum depression after, um, after little ones. And even like over the last several weeks, I've been trying to figure out, I've kind of had, uh, bouts of it as well. And I've been working, you know, with diet and medicine to kind of get things back in order. Um, but I know it's a common struggle for moms. Um, so I, I'd love to hear, uh, if you have a patron in mind mm. for a mom like that. Yeah, we actually touched on her. Jane Francis de Chantel really did yes. suffer from great depression. Now, now I'm, I know she, her first two children, she miscarried, and that caused her great sorrow and depression mm. too. But eventually, she was able to have four children. So uh, I suppose the joy of having those children in time um, helped with the depression of of losing two. Um, but her husband, after just seven years of marriage, was accidentally shot in a hunting trip by a friend of his. And she had a terrible time forgiving him. And when when her husband did die, because it took him a while to succumb to those wounds. um, I mean, he was really encouraging you forgive him because his friend was begging for forgiveness and received it from Christophe, her her husband. But she just couldn't do it. And she went into deep depression. now, even though she was in such depression and, and definitely a dark night where, where she felt all abandoned, uh, she continued to go to Mass and she continued to pray, uh, though she felt nothing. Um, and then one uh, Sunday during Lent, St. Francis de Sales <laughs> um, <laughs> gives a sermon that she really got convicted by the Holy Spirit that she needed to forgive and and she took baby steps to do that because she would see this man on the streets you know when she would go uh to to um buy things or to perform acts of charity to go visit a friend um, she would often see him so she started off just by giving him a nod and then actually saying hello and then eventually she could come in and um invite him to her home and eventually, wow. she actually becomes the godmother to one of his children. So she eventually is able to forgive him. But during that time of depression, um, she, like I said, continued in prayer. So she continued talking to God, even though she couldn't hear him answer her. And, and maybe because she couldn't hear him answer her, she went and told someone. She was telling St. Francis de Sales about her struggles. And... Um, the other thing she continued to do was performing acts of charity, which I also think probably helped her a lot because I, I also have um, a daughter who suffers from severe clinical depression. Um, and I think when you can go outside of yourself and do things for other people so that you become focused mm-hmm. on others as opposed to yourself, that also helps um, yeah. you see you through those um, depressing times. Um, so. St. Francis, this um, Jane Francis de Chantel definitely has been there, um, felt that, and was able to arise above those depressed feelings, that feeling of depression and anxiety and um, loneliness uh, by the grace of God and by doing what, what the Holy Spirit eventually told her she needed to do, and that is to forgive. Mm-hmm. 
So I know for different people, it, it may be different triggers, different things that um, cause the depression, um, that, that eventually um, with help from other people and from um, doing what we would call coping skills, um, you mm -hmm. can, by God's good grace, I don't know if you were ever cured, but we can definitely start living with our depression, you know? So mm. it's a beautiful uh, example from St. Jane Francis and definitely a patron to help you through those times. Are you familiar with the, the Well-Read Mom book club at all? I don't think so. I, okay. I think it's, um, I know it's a national organization. It might be international. I'm not right. sure, but there's a book on, uh, on the book list this year that's, um, Wisdom from the Lives and Letters of St. Francis de Sales and St. Jane Francis de Chantal. So after reading um, your chapter about her, I was excited to dive deeper into that. I think it's coming up in a few months. That's oh. our, our book for, for book club. Um, but there was another story as well that really struck me that I wanted to mention when I was reading her chapter. I think it was her. Let me check. Oh, yes. When she was talking about um, names of religious and how you know, when you become a religious sister, you're given like a new name. And then you uh, had an observation that hit you that as mothers, we kind of go through something similar uh, because we're given a new name and it's mm -hmm. mom <laughs> or mommy. And I just thought that was so, such a beautiful, uh, beautiful reflection yeah, yeah. that, you know, when we become mothers, our, you say our lives are not our own anymore either. Oh. And, um, yeah, I just, I just really loved that. So I wanted to bring yeah, motherhood that Motherhood very much reflects religious life. I mean, it, mm. it's a different way of living out. But, I, you know, we still live out a chastity, a vow chastity, because we're faithful to our husband. We live yeah. poverty because our paycheck is not our own anymore. <laughs> Neither is our <laughs> husband's. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, poverty, chastity, obedience. Because really our lives now are focused on our children, right? We don't really mm -hmm. always get to do what we want to do because we're too busy running the kids around doing what, you know, would benefit them. So mm -hmm. uh, I still very much live in a very different way, but still I'm um, living for our Lord through poverty, chastity, yes. and obedience under a new name of mommy. Yes. Yes. I love that. Um, okay. So for, for the next one, how about a saint for a mom who might be in a, in a tough marriage? Yeah. Well, the go-to saint here is, is St. Rita. Um, okay. Patron. So, so she, her husband, Paolo, was a very cruel um, and, and harsh man, um, very quarrelsome. Um, and, and it was kind of the, the times. He lived in Italy. Um, there, there was very much like the times of Romeo and Juliet where you had those families that were in these um, yes. rivals and such. So he was the Manichi family. They were in a rival with the... Um, I think you would say cheeky family. And um, so I think a lot of that he brought home and um, reflected it onto St. Rita too. But she mm -hmm. just bore all the, all his abusive um, words and mannerisms um, with patience. She prayed and, um, and surrendered him and her marriage over to God. She trusted that God would... Um, soften his heart in time in his own way um and in mm. and in time indeed his abusive manner did um soften and he became congenial not just in his own family with his two sons and his wife but with people outside even the family that his family was in arrival with you know and yeah. uh yeah. that did not sit well with his family um and he actually was portrayed 
and shot and, and killed. Um, and so St. Rita, though, saw, uh, um, even in that tragedy, the great answer to her prayer that, um, that he would be saved, that his soul would be saved. And so um, through just, just bearing with him patiently by surrendering him to God and trusting that he would draw Paulo to himself, um, St. Rita was able to endure a difficult marriage and was blessed with uh, um, a beautiful marriage near the very end of her life. And then St. Elizabeth of Portugal, who did not make it into the book, I, I, she really yes. would be a great one for this one too because um, her son, I mean not son, sorry, her husband, Dennis, um, just really was awful. Like, I mean, he gambled, he had... Um, Ill illegitimate children <laughs> with other women that Elizabeth yeah. raised. And mm. she did that because she felt that was her vocation as a mom and her Christian duty to make sure that these children were brought up in a loving home. So she mm. took these children in as her own children and raised them with her own children. Um, and again, also just bore with him. Um, I, you know, he almost would, because he was a gambler, bring... Um, destitution on his family but she was very frugal and was able to keep the household running and just bore again patiently with her husband so mm -hmm. uh, another great saint saint elizabeth of portugal to pray to if you find yourself in a tough marriage to just ask god beg god for the graces to be able to to deal correctly with your husband um, and mm -hmm. to bear with them patiently and to await for god's timing um and trust that he will eventually be able to reach them. So I think both mm -hmm. St. Rita and St. Elizabeth are great saints to pay, pray to for uh, if you find yourself in a tough marriage. That's great. Yeah, I have a, a follow-up question about that because my, my husband and I had done an episode, um, you know, several months ago now, maybe even a year ago, <laughs> maybe even further back. But we were talking about Elizabeth of Portugal and um, – my husband was calling her husband, Dennis the Menace. <laughs> and uh, after we did that episode, we received an email and I'd be curious to know your thoughts on it because I, I don't really know. And um, it's okay if you don't have an answer, but someone was, you know, inquiring at what point are we called to call our spouse on to holiness? Yeah. And at what point do we just kind of endure patiently? You know, do you kind of what I'm getting? <laughs> I, you know, what I'm getting I, out with that. I truly know what you mean, and yes, um, I can't. I I don't know. That's only one answer to that because, um, I think that's just something that you have to continue to pray to the Holy Spirit, and trust mm -hmm. Him, um, to yeah. give you the moment, and the words, and the mannerism which to say the words, um, right. And, and so it was. It does require a lot of communication um, be, with with God and Lord. Let me know and give me the opportunity, and then let me recognize the opportunity um, to to correct my husband because there is that mutual sanctification that should be going on. So I can't just ignore all the bad behavior. And I don't know mm -hmm. that these women did either. You know, I'm sure they would. Yes. Would, would correct their husband. Um, you know, another one that comes to mind is Blessed Anna Maria Taji. She had this way of correcting her husband where mm -hmm. he admits, I didn't even realize she was correcting me. <laughs> you know, so wow. what a great gift. Yeah. I mean, here's this great mystic of the church that Blessed Anna Maria is. 
uh, and all those gifts of being able to read souls and see the future. I don't want, I don't want either one of those gifts. I really, truly don't. I want the gift that she had to be able to gently correct her husband without him even realizing <laughs> yes. she's doing it. That's the gift that I would love to have. Yeah. But I, I think, I mean, I struggle with this too. Um, when do you say something? When do you don't? When do you trust them? And when do you, I, I think it comes down to just consistently praying to the Holy Spirit and asking mm. him to let me know when it's the yes. right time to say something, if it is. That's great. That's good advice. Okay. The next one I wanted to ask you about was um, a saint for a single mom. So Margaret of Cortona, um, she's actually sometimes referred to the uh, as the Franciscan Mary Magdalene. So um, oh, she wow. had a, yeah. an affair, I guess. He wasn't married. Neither one of them were married, which was very scandalous, especially then um, with Arsenio mm. de Monte. Now, she was an ordinary um, common woman, right? And he's like this nobleman. Um, but he fell in love with her, and he took great care of her, but he could never marry her because she was just a common woman. And um, mm. as love does, at least uh, the love as they understood it, <laughs> um, produced a child. And um, mm -hmm. so um, she she actually, the wild, having a child settled her down, and she becomes a great mom. Um, now he provided for her um, until his death, which he was unfortunately prematurely killed, and um, mm -hmm. and then she started having convictions of what role does she play in his soul uh, and the state of his soul. Mm -hmm. um, so she she felt that wow. terribly, and um, she begins living a life of great penance, both for her past sins and for his. But this whole time, she um, provides for her son. She offers her services as a midwife and, and a nurse, oftentimes taking what people would pay her, be it in food or a chicken or whatever they could afford. Yeah. But she um, took care of her son um, until wow. he was grown and on his own. Um, and then she eventually enters the Franciscans as a third order Franciscan. But... Um, yeah, she, she is a great one because her son was the means through which God was able to settle her down and understand how mm. important having God as the love of your life is. You know, stop seeking it mm. out there because I'm right here. And so uh, she's, a, she's a great role model for single moms um, because she always took care of her son. She was... I'm very proud of him um, and, and loved him dearly. And all that she did, she she did with having his well-being in mind. I love that. Um, okay, so this next one I added, I added at the end mostly for myself. But <laughs> a saint for a mom who feels like she's always yelling. <laughs> so, oh, Lordy. Uh, um, I, you know... That's the wonderful thing about saints sometimes is that uh, we don't always get to see all their uh, faults and failings, you know. Sometimes they become more yeah. past a pair kind of saints to us. But these are real moms. And so yeah. um, I, I thought St. Monica. I, now, mm -hmm. there is a, a mom who I know yelled at least once at St. Augustine to the point where she kicks him out of the house. And that's when he comes back from <laughs> college 
basically a heretic, you know? And when she yeah. realizes in talking with him, like she was so excited, he's home from college, you know, sit down, let's have a meal, let's talk. And in the course of this conversation, realizes that he's lost his faith. And she gets mm-hmm. so upset with him. She yells at him and kicks him out of the house. So, um, yeah. and, and it even gets to a point where eventually, years later, uh, when, when they come across St. Ambrose, St. Ambrose even tells her, talk less to your son about God and more to God about your son. So I oh, definitely I think St. Monica would definitely understand those um, moments where we find ourselves so frustrated that we're yelling. <laughs> and, yes. and sometimes we just need to step back and take a breath and say a little prayer. So I think St. Monica would be a great, great mom. I also think Venerable Margaret Bosco, who I'm thinking with a house uh-huh. full of boys, definitely was oh. probably yelling at times, <laughs> you know. Um, yes. And you know who else? Um, and I, you know, we 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 don't know that she ever really yelled, but Saint Zelie mm-hmm. Martin was often beside uh-huh. herself with concern for both Saint Therese <laughs> and Leone, her older sister, um, both of well. whom pretty were strong-willed ch- children. Um, Saint Therese, yes. you know, she she would. We know a lot about her because she wrote letters. This is before telephone, so. She was so exacerbated with her children that she would write her brother oftentimes saying, I don't know how to discipline Therese. Nothing seems to faze her, you know. <laughs> and Leone has yeah. constant tantrums, you know. How am I going to yeah. help gear their strong will towards God, you know. So she would often be beside herself. So I, I know that St. Zelie also um, probably could sympathize with a mom who is just yeah. frustrated and doesn't know how to handle these kids right now. <laughs> so I think she would be another right. one. I, and here's the wonderful thing about St. Zelie, um, because we do have those moments of um, how do we best discipline these children? Uh, how do I get through to them? Um, and St. Zelie the two children that she was most concerned about, St. Therese and St. Leone. Well, we know Therese is a great, not only just a great and beloved saint of the church, but a doctor of the church. Yes. And um, Leone, the other one that gave her um, such concern while she was here on earth, Leone's cause for canonization is also up. So um, I think she's venerable now, at least a servant of God, but I think she's gotten through to be a venerable. And so... Um, St. Zelie gives us great hope that these children that maybe cause us to lose our patience and yell, um, that yes. great God can do great things with them. So we just trust them to to God, and, and we do our best. Let God fill in where we mess up, and, and he'll take care of the rest. So uh, there's, there's quite a few. St. Monica, Venerable Margaret Bosco, St. Zelie. I think you can call on all three of them if you want in those moments. Wonderful. <laughs> I will. That's wonderful. Thank you. Um, so then throughout your research, have there been any saints that have come across that you've just felt especially close to or whose story really resonated with you? Okay. If we exclude the Blessed Mother, who I am most grateful to yes. for um, yeah. taking the ordinary everyday things that we do as moms and sanctifying them by doing them herself. Like the fact that she, yes, you know, fed her so family great. and kept the house clean and made meals, you know, the fact that she did all that, now that we do it, yes. if we do it in the same way she did, 
meaning not necessarily making the bed the same way she would have made it, but meaning that doing it for the love mm-hmm. of her family, doing it for Jesus. Yes. Then, then now something like changing diapers and making beds and fixing lunches can be a holy thing, you know? So if I, I do it for that. love of my family, for love of Jesus, these ordinary everyday things can sanctify me. So I'm forever grateful to Our Lady for that. But I think mm-hmm. the one who convicted me the most um, was Blessed Anna Maria Taji because mm-hmm. of her ability to um, placate her husband, to correct him without him realizing she was being, she was correcting him. Uh, mm-hmm. She she got to be so known for her wisdom and sanctity that princes would come and ask for her advice, and even priests and bishops and even the Pope at one time sought her advice. But when her husband wow. came home from work, no matter who she was entertaining or talking with, mm-hmm. she would excuse herself and go to him and inquire about his day and tend to his needs. Mm-hmm. And if he had a bad day, because he was like in charge of the servants of the household of an Italian prince and, and would mm-hmm. often come home all ruffled and upset and bothered and often would curse, you know, and she would, you know, hush him down, calm him down. Um, she would extol his great things that he did, like, oh, you handled that great. You, you know, that how patient of you with them. I'm so glad that you didn't quarrel and just accepted it. You know, like she would point out his virtues yeah. and encourage them. And then, um, yeah, so, and when he needed correction, she had a way of being able to do that in such a gentle way that he didn't mind. Mm-hmm. And so I think she ends up becoming my like go-to saint, the blessed, yes. because I, I want to be like that. I want to be able to stop everything to greet my husband and hear about his day to see the goodness in him and encourage that. And um, either look past, I don't want to say look over, but look past some of the faults mm-hmm. um, and, and love him anyway. And then when needed, be able to say something gently to him so that he can respond and eventually overcome even his faults. So um, she has become one that I really have found myself often often praying to for such a I love that so much. I know, uh, you know, when my husband's done with work and comes through the door, I'm (laughs) I'm like okay take the kids I need to be by Mm -hmm. myself and I I don't often uh greet him with like the love and like the how was your day and so good to see you so I love that example and that's something I'd really like to yeah Amber you're definitely not the only mom that does that I I and God bless single moms because I definitely was like that too like yay mommy time out yeah Yeah. (laughs) going in the room just give me half hour (laughs) so Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, um, one thing I wanted to close with, just because I thought this story was so funny, and I was like telling it to my husband, the one that you you write about it in the book, um, on the in the chapter of Saint Elizabeth of Hungary, how she would, um, uh, well, I'll just read this section because I love it so much. I'd love to <laughs> to share it with everyone. It says, on one occasion, Elizabeth nursed a poor leper in her and Ludwig, her husband's own bedroom. Even for the pious Ludwig, this seemed to be going a bit too far. (laughs) 
One account even says he was indignant, as one could imagine, at having a man with a contagious disease <laughs> in his bed. <laughs> it says, yet upon entering his own bedroom and pulling back the sheets, Ludwig saw not a leper, but the figure of Christ crucified. Wow, beautiful. Indeed, Elizabeth was serving Christ in the poor and suffering. Um, I just, I loved that story so much, but I, I told it to my husband and he was saying, why don't I ever find you feeding soup to strange men in our bed? He's <laughs> uh, probably glad about that. But, um, yeah, so I, I just want to thank you again for, for writing this book, Kelly. It has been really a joy to read through it and um, I hope many people will check it out because it's so important for us as moms to have um, other moms we can look up to, especially um, saintly moms um, who are saints or who raise saints and uh, who are on the path to sainthood. So I'm I'm really grateful for you uh, writing this and, and sharing well, it with you. us. Thank you. That's exactly why I wrote it, because I know in the middle of raising my kids when they all were little, I I needed the encouragement. I needed the inspiration. And that's when I started seeking out these mommy saints because um, I felt mm. so many days like I wasn't doing it right. And I just needed this, the encouragement of, of women who had been there, done that, not only survived, but thrived being moms. And so they showed me the face of, of a mom who, you know, these women had some tough situations and tough lives, um, but they persevered mm-hmm. and loved God through it all. And so it gave me great hope that I could indeed become a saint, even as a mom with nine kids yes. all around me. So <laughs> yelling often. So <laughs> so if that encouraged you, then that's exactly what I, I was hoping. That's why I, I wrote the book. And uh, so thank you so much for this opportunity to be able to share the stories with you and with your listeners. Yes. So if, if, people want to find the book or get in contact with you, what would you recommend the best way to do well, that? My website is none to nine. So N U N then the number two and then nine spelled out N I N E. Oh my so. goodness. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. None to nine. Did you say dot, dot com? Yeah. Or? None to okay. nine.com. So you can get the book there. You can contact me there. Um, and also uh, of course, Amazon um, and I would encourage anybody who does read it to leave a review because apparently that's very important for us authors. So, um, yes. And um, so Amazon, and then you can follow me on Facebook at Kelly guest or on Instagram or Twitter at none to nine. So um, yeah. And I would love to be able to come in contact with some of your, because we have so much in common as moms and people striving to raise children. We, We are part of the body of Christ. So we are to help one another. So. I would love that. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Kelly. Why don't I go ahead and close this in a prayer? I would love that too. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for this time to chat with one another today. And I I pray that um, you would just bless all those who are are listening today um, in whatever situation this finds them. I pray that you would give them the grace and strength they need in their vocation and uh, Jesus, we, we love you, and we make this prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.